and welcome to Ben and Brand See a Movie. I am your host, Ben Friedman, and with me, as always, is Branson Indelicato. Branson, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, last week when we did our uh, tester episode, which no one will ever see, you'll see this one, um, or hear this one, whatever, um, I wasn't feeling too great, uh, my wife wasn't feeling too great, but now we're both feeling a little bit better, so that's that's good i'm glad to hear that i actually just got my covid vaccine this week so i feel pretty like immune i just (laughs) i've been licking door handles everywhere (laughs) just to like make sure like you're one of you're one of the elites now yeah i like i'm high society and you all are like just just plebs to me now you vaccine peasant yeah you you haven't even been inoculated (laughs) but Regardless, it was super easy. Kaiser did it. They were in and out. It was truly wonderful service. Just shout out to the medical uh, people out there just working their butts off right now to deal with this all. But mm-hmm. uh, we are not here to talk about uh, COVID, po- politics, any of that. We are here to talk about movies. And this truly is our... untread ground for yes. uh, two white guys on the internet. Yeah, this is this is groundbreaking stuff. We're gonna be talking about movies on the internet. Like nobody's ever thought of this idea. We're so completely original. Yeah, we're like we're like Christopher Columbus discovering America. It's, <laughs> it's the first time it's ever been done. So here we are. Brand- that's a more <laughs> that's it's... a more apt description than I think you completely that you than you intended it. It is. To be. It is a little bit of an apt description perfectly. But Branson, are you ready to start the show? Yes. All very right. Much. Then let's light the lights. Let's start the Muppet show. That was a horrible reference that I messed up, but we're just going to roll with it anyway cuz we're live and yes. I don't have anything uh, else to do, but Before we start the show, let me just kind of give you guys a brief understanding of what this show is. I am Ben. He is Branson. Ben and Bran. And what we are going to be talking about is we are going to be talking about movies. We might do some current movies. We're going to go back, do some goodies, some oldies, some maybe retro, modern. Really, we're going to be talking about anything. And when Branson and I were discussing the idea, we wanted to figure out where do we start what do we want to talk about did we just want to kick it off with like our love of comic books or uh star wars or something like that but we wanted to go out there we wanted to go a little bit weirder we really wanted to make this show our own and despite talking about movies online we actually wanted to deliver something that we felt was wholly unique and wholly ourselves so that's Mm -hmm. what you're going to be hearing in this episode this episode we are talking about the 1974 movie young frankenstein directed by mel brooks and before we get into it anymore i'll just kick to you real quick branson if you want to share any thoughts about what i just said or anything like that mm-hmm. yeah um i like ben said this is just going to be um us talking about movies that we love uh whether they be old or new good or bad we're gonna try and cover a vast spectrum I think Young Frankenstein's a really good jumping off point because um, there are s- there are so many things to love about this movie. Uh, the cast is just fantastic. I, Mel Brooks is like one of my director heroes. Yeah. Um, 
he's just he knows the people that he works with mm. um and he uses them in such brilliant ways gene wilder is a genius uh rest in peace marty feldman in this movie mr bug eyes himself <laughs> everything he says is like comedic gold and i'm sure we're going to talk about that a bit yeah um terry gar cloris leachman madeline khan three uh hilariously funny women mm. uh cloris leachman fortunately passed away uh just a little bit literally ago. a week ago january 27th yeah, yeah. Looks like. um but yeah she's she's hilarious hilarious in this uh madeline khan is another like she's a regular in mel brooks movies mm. and yeah i just everyone in the cast is is great yeah oh yeah and before we start the show really get into our discussion i just want to give an overview of how our show works we're going to start it off with a section called the film historian that's where we just give some background details about the movie then we're going to do this segment that we call the hill we die on and the hill we die on is where we make one bold claim about the movie that we are willing to die on we are this is our claim for the movie then we'll get into our discussion and then at the very end we have a fun little game that we do that i think people are gonna love it's definitely my favorite part of the show when branson and i have been troubleshooting it but let me just start off with the history of young frankenstein so young frankenstein is a movie that comes out in 1974 it's a comedy starring gene wilder uh, as dr frederick frankenstein the grandson frederick you're right (laughs) frederick the grandson of the original dr frankenstein from mary shelley's book and he is ashamed of his family's history he does not want to be associated with the frankenstein name he gets a he finds they find what is it they find the will of his grandfather yes it's the last will and testament yeah like what what uh what the actual baron von frankenstein left yeah uh frederick so they find the will of the grandfather which leads uh the doctor to head to transylvania where he meets all the characters and basically falls for the exact same experiment that his great sorry his grandfather did it is a complete comedy it is a parody of the 1930s universal monster movies specifically frankenstein it has an amazing cast that branson already mentioned i'll just go over them again gene wilder marty feldman as igor cloris uh lockman uh leachman as frob luchar Terry Terry Gar as Igna, and then finally Gene Hackman as the blind man Harold. So it's this all-star comedic cast directed by Mel Brooks comes out in 1974 to critical acclaim. It is nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay Writing at the Academy Awards, where it loses to oh. The Godfather Part Two, which what? if you're gonna lose to any movie, losing to a Godfather movie is a good movie to lose to unless it's godfather part three yeah unless it's the third one but as long as it's one of the first two you're fine and then (laughs) that year it becomes the fourth highest grossing film of 1974 
The first highest grossing film I want to mention is Blazing Saddles, another movie that Mel Brooks did. So he had in the same year Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein in the same calendar year. I think they're about nine months apart. So it's this incredible resume for 1974. Mm -hmm. But with that, Branson, I'm going to throw it off to you. We have our bold claim, the hill we're going to die on. Let me hear that your hill. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I I didn't even, like, I, I knew that both these movies came out in 1974, but I didn't, like, I didn't connect those thoughts. <laughs> um, I Blazing Saddles, I'd love to talk about that. Oh, movie. yeah, it's we're going to talk a good about movie. it at some point. I, well, I, I wrote a paper in college about it. Um, but my hill for this uh for this movie this movie along with uh airplane uh blazing saddles and monty python and the holy grail are like the tent poles um for parody and satire mm-hmm. like they oh, should yeah. be those four movies should be the bar that is used to judge um that should be used to separate the the cream of the crop as far as parody and satire goes from the stank of parody and satire um and (laughs) actually my my uh question at the end is sort of related to one of the stank of uh of satire so um yeah there's my bold claim it's a master class in parody so that's your hill you're dying on mines has a similar theme to it but slightly different my bold claim my hill that i'm gonna die on is gene wilder is the most underappreciated comedic actor who has ever lived he is in a master class of just comedic timing Mm -hmm. physical comedy one-liners the ability that he does to go zero to a hundred in just the matter of a second is just real quick fantastic he's one of the best straight man in comedies and i feel like he is loved obviously but when you talk about some of the great comedic actors you think steve martin you think robin williams you think robin williams you think a lot of these uh older chevy chase bill murray if you want to go back obviously chaplin and all Mm -hmm. that gene wilder i feel like gets left out of that discussion way too much and from this movie to Blazing Saddles to Willy Wonka, Wonka to all his Richard Pryor movies, but specifically we're talking about Young Frankenstein. In this movie, he is pitch perfect. Every joke he does lands, and he is not only the main star in this, he is the driving force for this movie. He wrote this movie along with Mel Brooks, and when they were making Blazing Saddles, He's told Mel Brooks, he's like, this is the movie I want us to make together. Let me write it. And he fought for every decision in this movie. And I think it just pays off brilliance, brilliantly. And yeah, I just don't think we give Gene Wilder the respect he truly deserves on the pantheon of comedic actors. Yes, uh, that's I, that's pretty agreeable. I, Gene Wilder is... I mean, I mentioned Mel Brooks is like a directorial hero of mm. mine. Gene Wilder is a, um, a is a thespian in his craft. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's, he's so he's so funny, um, but in in such a different way. Like mm. I can't think of many many modern comedic actors that can 
do the same kind of comedy and pull it off in the same way. Oh yeah, there. He is so special for his ability to be funny, but also kind of be a jerk. Like mm-hmm. in Young Frankenstein, which I guess a we can start. Jerk. Yeah, a manic jerk. In Young Frankenstein, which we can start talking about, the character is not a particularly likable character. He cheats on his wife, or his fiance, I should say. He, the first scene we're introduced to him, he punches an old man in the balls, like almost. just for the call. He almost does. No, he does. In the second, he does it the first time. Oh. And then the second <laughs> time, he actually socks him when the guy's like under his control because he does that weird thing with the head where he puts pressure oh. on it so the guy doesn't have his reflexes so mm. he punches him in the balls the second time i didn't even notice that he actually made contact oh yeah he <laughs> full-on makes contact because right after that scene the older gentleman he just like leans over and he's like ah but he is so special in this movie every joke he has in this movie lance and he does a lot in this movie he has to be the straight man he has to be the manic scientist he has to be the main love interest in the movie he has to be uh he has to poke fun at the genre of like monster movies but mm-hmm. also still show reverence for them and it's just this fine line where any joke could tip it in one direction where it's like oh this is too mean spirited or this is like obviously like this is just dumb he balances that line so perfectly such a razor thin line and mm-hmm. nails it yeah um yeah that i was i was going to say that earlier like there's there's an obvious respect for the craft and it doesn't um <laughs> i'll bring it up in advance a movie like um scary movie or epic movie mm. Uh, they're they're by definition parody and satire, but there's they don't really have a reverence for what they're doing. Mm. They they poke fun at the things that they're doing, but then they do the exact things, but worse. Yeah. So there's this there's this level of oh we can do it better, mm. but then they don't. Um, and. Like yeah, I, there's there's just something you can tell that Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder had some kind of respect for the source material and uh, just like the the monster of the week genre as a whole. Yeah. Um, oh. Keep I, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I I love how quickly it uh, breaks the illusion that this is going to be a um, a serious mm. gritty monster movie. In the first scene, there's that long camera crawl. Um, and there are quite a few of those camera crawls mm. where it's like these slow buildups, these slow pans through the scene, and then something funny happens mm. uh, that immediately breaks the tension. Um, I, with the box, it like pans over um, the the coffin of the original Baron von Frankenstein, and it opens, and you see his corpse, and he's holding the box of the will and this hand comes in to grab the box and the box starts picking up and the corpse's hands are still holding on to it and then the the body of frankenstein himself just like pulls the box back mm. and then the the hand that's grabbing the box is like 
what? So that he has like this fight to grab the box from a corpse. Hmm. It's like that. It's that's so. It's kind of a throwaway joke, but it's so goofy and it sets the tone of the movie really oh, well. Perfectly. The thing that I you talked about earlier about this movie is just how special every comedic actor or actress is in this movie. And mm -hmm. I think we'd be remiss not to really touch on Marty Feldman in this movie as Igor, Genius. who maybe gives the funniest performance in a movie full of hysterical performances. Him mm -hmm. as Igor in his introduction where he first meets Frankenstein when Frankenstein gets to Transylvania. And he's just walking hunched over and he's uh, questioning the name Frankenstein. He's making fun of him. He has the hump. And Gene Wilder, of course, has the famous line, oh, the... Uh, how, I can fix that hump. And he's like, what hump? What hump? Such a great <laughs> line. And everything, Igor has the lines in the movie. Just, there's so many scenes with him, whether it's the first time you're introduced to him and they have that really close up of his face with the freeze cut, where it's just, mm -hmm. they cut up to him really close and they just freeze on him. That's a great bit. And from everything he does in the movie, whether it's him having to steal the brain of the famous German scientist, accidentally breaking it and shattering it, and then picking up the abnormal brain, which, of course, he calls Abby normal, not realizing it, <laughs> which is another just great bit in the movie. Uh, he, has a, he has that, and then he has the other line, which I just want to talk about real quick, which is when... Gene Wilder's character is getting choked out by the monster mm -hmm. and he's trying to do charades to speak to them to like get them to put the sedative in him mm -hmm. and Igor just yells sedative <laughs> and, and then uh, they finally realize it's a sedative and they put it down and Gene Wilder just perfectly reacts to that situation bangs his sedative just perfect mm -hmm. he is so funny in this movie Everyone's so funny in this movie. We're going to be saying that phrase a lot, where just everyone is hysterical in this movie. But yeah. he is truly special because he brings the biggest laughs in the movies, and everyone is playing off him just perfectly. Mm -hmm. He's um, he's used very sparingly as a fourth wall break. Yes, um, which is funny. Like there's there are a couple times where he'll just mug to the camera, mm -hmm. and I it's. It's funny because I obviously we can't talk about Marty Feldman with talking about Marty Feldman's eyes. Mm. The man looks like he has ping pong balls uh, with like Sharpie dots instead mm. of actual oh, yeah. eyes. Um, but it like it's he uses that as such a good comedic uh, asset. It's just like part of his tool belt. Um, and uh, I his he'll like do something goofy or like uh when he when he's going into the brain depository yes. and he sticks his hand through the through the thing to open the door and then he sees his hand from around the door goes ah! and then realizes it's his hand <laughs> and he kind of looks to the camera like like with this goofy smile on his face like that's that's um it's such a funny way to like reference that someone else is watching him yeah and it's it, there's no reason to like choke out the fact that it's a fourth wall break it's just simple quick go on with the scene um another another tiny little joke that i noticed in his introduction uh, he 
to as he's like leading uh frederick to the cart he says walk this way and pulls out his cane and starts walking down the walking down the stairs and frederick's following him and he goes no walk like this and then hands him the cane yeah yeah and has him like hobble down the stairs it's like that's so stupid but that's that it's a it's cleverly stupid do you know this using that double entendre do you know the story about the around the walk this way joke no so steven tyler from aerosmith while he was working on an album saw the movie and then that made him laugh so hard that he came up with the idea of the song walk this way and that's a completely true story like he's talked about that (laughs) but that the inspiration for the song walk this way by aerosmith is from this movie which is just another special gem about this movie but i mean we could go uh, we could go section back and forth on the uh just the jokes the funny funniness of this movie but i did want to pay some special attention to the women in this movie the Mm -hmm. women in this movie are all hysterical whether it's cloris leachman as fra bluchard who has the great bit the whole time wherever you say her last name you just hear it's a horse nay right yeah just every (laughs) time she's amazing terry gar as igna is my favorite character uh of the women i should say she has so many great lines in this movie they're all so they're all innuendos which is one Mm -hmm. of the funniest parts of this she knows how to use her confidence and her sexiness in this movie and just use it for complete comedic timing whether mm-hmm. it's the joke where uh they bang on the castle door and gene wilder's like what knockers what knockers and then she's like uh oh thank, well, you, thank doctor. you doctor <laughs> so many lines uh just in this she again she just really kills it in this movie she mm-hmm. plays perfectly off gene wilder one of my favorite scenes she's in is after Gene Wilder thinks the experiment has failed. And he's like, we have to accept this with dignity and grace as all good scientists do. And she's like bending her head over and she's like breathing heavily. And then Gene Wilder just starts strangling the monster that's on the thing. And he's like, why won't you live? Why won't you live? And she's trying to pull him off. Doctor, doctor, compose yourself. <laughs> Um, I the the when I first watched this movie, the the line that I always quoted was, uh, "Would you like to have a roll in the hay?" Yes. Roll, roll, roll in the hay. Uh, it's yeah. I so many double like the the note that I made about Inga was Inga and double entendre. Yeah. Uh, the uh, <coughs> the way that each woman. Uh, in the movie has like a different style of joke Mm. that they do is really funny oh yeah they're they're all great uh if she's also involved in one of my favorite scenes in the movie it's her igor and dr frankenstein it's where they realize that igor has given them an, an abnormal brain and Gene Wilder just plays this scene so perfectly. He's like, I won't get mad. Just tell me, did you get the brain of the scientist? And you promise you won't get mad? Yeah, of course, I promise I won't get mad. Well, then no. Okay, what's the brain? Uh, Abby something. Abby what? Abby normal? And then Gene Wilder, 
just perfectly says this line that I wrote it down. Are you saying that I put an abnormal brain into a seven and a half foot long, 54 inch wide gorilla? That's going to spike the audio, oh, yeah, but I yeah, I, the and then spike. just like Inga slowly moving back in the scene, <laughs> just like kind of sitting there. Uh, it's, it's it's so good. And there's so much about this movie that I know we've been talking a lot about the comedic performances, the writing and everything, the jokes, because obviously how do you talk about young Frankenstein without just almost just quoting the jokes? Your, your volume went down a little bit. Oh, did it? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. You're right. That is really weird. And we're back. Yeah, and we're back. Sorry about that. There was a weird audio mix-up there. But one of the things that... I know we were talking a lot about the comedic performances in this movie. The just It's so easy to just feel like we should just throw the jokes back and forth with each other. But I also want to talk about some other elements of this movie that mm-hmm. I think are quite impressive. And I think this is Mel Brooks' most interesting-looking film just in terms mm-hmm. of cinematography direction style. You don't think of Brooks as a director who has this particular style when it comes to filmmaking. Obviously, mm-hmm. comedic style, but directing-wise, he doesn't have this flair to him. But I think in this movie, he does a really good job of replicating the 1930s uh, cinematography with those mm-hmm. movies, which I quite enjoy. And I think some of that is also due to the composer John Morse, who mm-hmm. really makes this score that it's subtle throughout the whole film, but John Morse is also the guy who does Blazing Saddles, the producers. I think he's worked Spaceballs. He's worked on most of Brooks' films. And I just want to give him a special shout-out just for how unique the score is and how unique of a composer he is, where he can do a Western space and like horror parody and do it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a note that I had about this score is that it's understated because it doesn't have to be bombastic. It yeah, adds yeah. to the atmosphere. It adds to just like the general creepiness, but there are some of those like creeping um, kind of awkward 50s B-movie tones mm-hmm. and like little horns. Um, I, like a good example is... Uh, from Manos, the Hands of Fate, with like the with Torgo's theme. If you've ever seen that, um, we might talk about that mm-hmm. at some point. That's a another so good it's bad movie. Um, it's there's just like the right amount of corniness in some of the music that it 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 works for what the movie is. Yeah, it, it knows what it is, um, and it doesn't have to be, you know, the John Williams Star Wars kind of level mm-hmm. of of impact uh while on the subject of music um <laughs> I, well before before you uh before i do that did you have anything else to say about the soundtrack no i think you and i were about to go the same way which is probably the most iconic scene in this movie which is the putting on the putting ritz on number the ritz. so mm-hmm. putting on the ritz i learned this about the movie mel brooks did not want that scene in this movie that was Gene really? Wilder's idea, and he was so confident in it. And that was actually a fight that they had in the film where Mel Brooks is like, why are we going to – let's just cut this joke. It doesn't work. Like, There's never a musical number in a horror 
1930s horror film and Wilder was like no we need this like and they went back and forth on it and eventually Mel said to Wilder was I don't think this joke works but you're so passionate about it and that passion makes me think that it could actually work and thank god they decided on that because yeah. that's probably my favorite scene in the movie it's it's another example of how well paced the comedy in this movie is uh really quickly i'm just gonna check the time we got like a minute left or like two minutes left but that's okay we can go a little we'll go a little long this it's our first episode we had the weird audio thing there yeah uh, um the it's another example of how um like calculated uh and precise the comedic timing and the pacing is mm -hmm. in this movie because you're kind of sitting there wondering all right what's going to be the punchline of this scene because it's kind of a it's one of the more serious scenes mm -hmm. where he's kind of demonstrating to the science crowd this is my monster here's what he can do he can move his feet tap dance and like the tap dance sequence is kind of a joke in and of itself because it's like, unexpected and it's like okay where's the big punchline of this um and just the the as gene wilder's singing the song and then he gestures to the monster and he just goes <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's it's so funny um it gets then, me every time yeah it's it's really funny and then uh, peter boyle as the monster j does a great job at portraying like what it would probably look like if frankenstein's monster did a tap dance yes and uh, yeah and <laughs> that's where i feel like let's just start wrapping this up and i'll mm -hmm. wrap that up uh with peter boyle who just doesn't get talked about enough he's the father from everybody loves raymond and oh. yeah he didn't know, yeah he's raymond's father yeah man you you like scoured the imdb trivia page <laughs> that one i knew actually oh okay i did recognize the name but i just want to end with him because if his performance as the monster doesn't work or isn't funny then this movie falls apart and he yeah. is such a good glue to this movie and unlike wilder who's doing the over-the-top crazy bits the jokes every other character can rely on mel brooks and gene wilder's writing not saying that their performances are bad by any means they're not they're hysterical no. but he has peter boyle has the hardest job in this movie where he is almost nearly silent the whole movie mm. and he is relying solely on physical comedy and facial expressions and he nails it like nobody uh, like nobody else's business just mm -hmm. from the tap dancing sequence to the scene that he has with the blind man played by gene hackman where he's trying the, to get the soup poured on and it just spills on his crotch and he just gives this look to the camera comedy. where he's just like i just want my soup he doesn't say <laughs> it but he just gives that look where you could just tell he's not even mad he's just exasperated by the whole situation <laughs> yeah that's such a good change of pace from like the angry frankenstein monster uh vision but, yeah, and I feel like that's a good way to end it with Frankenstein's monster. Oh, you want to have one I more have thought? One, Go more, for one more character that I need to talk yeah. about. I think he's my favorite side character in the movie, and that's Inspector Kemp. Okay, that's where I figured you were going. <laughs> um, I, 
I won't spend too much time talking about Inspector Kemp, but I his his introduction is, in my opinion, one of the best paced jokes in the movie and one of the funniest jokes in the movie, because it's it's so weird because mm. it they introduce him and it's this grand camera swing. He the first thing you'll hear is like. <laughs> as he's adjusting his arms yeah. <laughs> to like light the cigar, put it in his mouth, and then he slaps his hand down. Mm. And throughout the whole movie, like the running joke is that his arm will get stuck or that he needs help like moving his arm into a position. Yeah. And then he starts talking with this thick like a riot is always an ugly thing. It's <laughs> like Just obviously brilliant. Is such a stereotypical accent, but it's so funny. Just like the way that he enunciates things, and the way the townspeople are like, "What did you say?" Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's yeah. excellent. So let's just wrap that up yes. into our just kind of closing thoughts on the film. I'll just kind of give my brief thoughts. This is a fantastic movie. Most of the jokes still land. There are, of course with any movie specifically comedies jokes that are probably outdated or a little distasteful there's one in particular that probably if anyone who sees the movie they know the scene we're talking about it's mm-hmm. probably a little distasteful now uh yeah. it kind it's of the it, one the one you're talking about is the first scene with uh madeline Kahn and uh the, the, monster. the monster yes yeah with, it with, probably okay. comes off a bit it's not even a bit. It's non-consensual. It feels like mm-hmm. uh, they they don't do it. I think in a mean way or anything uh, that's supposed to be Overly implying mean. rape, mm-hmm. but just with obviously how times have changed, it, it is a noticeable joke. It is the one joke in the movie. Well, it's still funny just because of her reaction to it, where mm-hmm. she like because the whole joke is that she's actually into it. Yeah. And then she, like, sings, like, a perfect high note because of how great the monster is. It's distasteful. It is. Yeah. I. That's what I wrote. I said it. That would not have flown. It, it doesn't <laughs> fly today. today. I don't think it's meant in any harm. I don't think yeah. in the 1970s that was supposed to be a joke about rape. It's mm-hmm. just with, obviously, how we've grown and progressed as a society. It just comes off like that. That's the one note I'll add to this movie. It's, like, the one ding if I had to ding this movie. It's yeah. the one noticeable scene. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. But besides that, great movie all around. And that kind of just puts us... We're going a little long this week, but it's our first episode. It's our first time. We're going to take it nice and slow. Mm-hmm. And we're going to... Oh, you hated that. I could tell. You just hated that. Uh, no. Nice and slow. Oh, I <laughs> thought you just got this discussed. <laughs> but so anyway, we're just going to end with my favorite segment that we're going to be doing on this show. And then we'll say our goodbyes. And this segment is called The Great Debate. And let me explain how this works. Branson and I each present each other with a question that neither of us have heard the other person's question. And we have about, we're going to take 30 seconds to a minute each to best answer the question. And it's up to you guys, whoever's listening, whether it's just my mom and grandma and Branson's uh, mom and wife. It could be just you guys for the first week. Who knows? (laughs) Just let us know who you think won. And we're going to be doing this week to week. We're not going to be actually keeping score, but it is definitely my favorite part of the show. So 
Branson, give me your great debate question for me. All right. Um, and are we both going to answer each other's questions? What do you mean? Like, am I going to answer my own question too? I would say maybe in coming weeks, let's do that. We are running okay. a little long, yeah, but I do right. like that idea. Okay. So, um, if instead of Mel Brooks, mm -hmm. this movie was directed by Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer, who uh. are the uh, comedic geniuses, uh, he says through gritted teeth, uh, the, the directors behind such classics as Disaster Movie, Epic yeah. Movie, Scary Movie, um, uh, he did date if it's, movie. If it's yeah, if it's yeah. something, if it's blank movie and it's not a good comedy, it's probably directed by them. Um, so if Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer had written and directed this movie, uh, how might it be different? I mean, the biggest one is it's just not funny. You have, <laughs> unlike Young Frankenstein, which just has this cast yeah. of all-star comedians, you're gonna get like these low-level. Uh, actresses and actors they always have that one actress in it who's not an actress but she's like the big name whether it's a porn star whether it's Kim Kardashian and another one I think Carmen they've Electra. had yeah Carmen Electra so let's just go with they're probably going to have one of those type uh, maybe they'll let's just give them the benefit of the doubt and let's just say they go Addison Ray from TikTok fame in there so they'll probably have her i don't actually have anything against addison ray but that that's probably the level of actress no they're gonna get but so they'll get a character like that they'll make fun of the movies in a very simplistic way probably they'll poke fun at all the modern horror films which is bad because you know there's going to be a really offensive get out mm -hmm. scene uh you'll have and you know that they'll do the jokes poorly yeah it's not going to be in any form of taste so yeah it's just all around going to be terrible so that's that's my idea for it it's going to be addison ray making fun of black people and get out that's that's my pitch <laughs> uh and it would definitely have um oh who's the uh who's the guy that's in every one of those movies he's the oh i don't oh, like i know um it's something cox uh his last name is cox Jordan no um, it's not important yeah. anyway um, yeah that's a good <laughs> that's a pretty good summary so my debate question for you Branson is I found out that they are doing a young Frankenstein revival not revival but they're bringing it on NBC to do like a stage production of it hmm. live so here is my scenario for you they're getting the cast crew all ready for it and then nbc finds out they do not have the rights to the song putting on the ritz and they have to use a new song for that dance for that dance sequence what song do you replace putting on the ritz with oh that's such a good question um hmm This is going to be this is going to sound like a cop-out answer but I promise I have a reason for this. Okay. Uh never going to give you up by okay. Rick Astley. Because um f uh, in a line like uh we're no strangers to love, you know the rules and so do I. That and so do I could so easily be given to <laughs> Frankenstein and go. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, oh man, with with more time, I could, <coughs> I could probably think of another song, but that's a pretty good one, I think. I think those, that's a pretty for those good. high notes. For I think that's a notes. good answer. I was in my head, I thought safety dance, <laughs> but I actually like that Rick Astley answer. So guys, that is the great debate section of our thing, which brings us to the end of this podcast. So thank you all for listening. If anybody listened to it is our first week. We'll, we'll see if anyone actually listens, but Branson, thank you for joining me as always. I know next week we're going to be talking about a movie that is both near and dear to both of our hearts mm -hmm. and is also a great, I'll give you guys a clue. It is a great children's animated movie from the 2010s involving a popular toy. So that's your clue for next week. It's so, the Playmobil movie. Yeah, it's the Playmobil. Or it's the, <laughs> what was that? Monster Trucks. It's Monster Trucks. <laughs> but, oh, no, anyway, so join us next week, guys. Branson, thank you, as always, for being here. And thank you. Yep. And with that, guys, I just started my review channel, Into the Beniverse, www.ben. Uh, to the movies i really hope that's the name of my I think website i think it is just check it out i'll be talking about movies i'll be putting up my young frankenstein review week to week we'll be doing i'll be throwing up my reviews for the movies we talk about and much more so thank you all for joining us and have a good day <laughs>